0: Hey, hi, welcome to the whole podcast. My name is Scott Eastman. I'll be your host today. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay. And joining me today, not only is my friend Becky, but a couple of guests. So Becky, why don't you tell uh, tell us who you are and then introduce our guests.
1: Yes, I'm Becky Alcantara. I'm the author and co-founder of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges. And today we have my friends Nancy and Stephanie with us to talk about wholeness and parenting.
0: Mm, I dig that.
1: Yeah. So Stephanie, tell us about yourself.
2: Uh, hi, I'm Stephanie. I am married for um, just coming up on 10 years to my husband, Bo. We have two little guys at home, uh, Benjamin, who is eight, and Joseph, who is four. And um, I am almost due with our third little boy, uh, baby Silas.
0: That's fantastic. So tell me, like, how are you enjoying pregnancy? It's like the third time around, right? So I feel like your old hat.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, this pregnancy has been very different from the other two. Um, there's been some more challenges that I've had to work through that have been really timely with the journey that I'm on in my journey to wholeness process. Um, so it's, it's been different, but uh, really good.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. And then my friend Nancy is also here. Say hi, Nancy. I am. Hi. So tell us about you. Like Tell us about your marriage. Tell us about your kids.
3: Yeah, I have been married for fifteen years. That's crazy. To my husband Brian, most people know him as the coffee guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: He's great, the short bald coffee guy. Um, <laughs> he, I say that like lovingly, like it's a yeah. Good it thing. sounded super loving. Okay, good. Um, and we have three kids: uh, Kylie's twelve, Zoe is seven, and Finley is almost five. He's also
0: handsome. I mean, let's just be fair for a second. My husband, yeah, yes, yeah. like in, the, in that quirky sort of like, you know what I mean? I don't, <laughs> and that's not like a way. disclaimer. I just mean like he's good. Like right. like he's like he's fun to look he at. Is. Yeah. Aw, that's yeah. so kind. Yeah. Anyway, it. so your kids were, what were their names again?
3: Kylie, Zoe, and Finley.
0: And how old is Kylie?
3: 12, 7, and 5. Gotcha. And then when you ask the question about yeah. how many kids do you have, it's kind of, I actually, this is kind of a journey word. It's a trigger. I don't mm. know if it's a, a trigger in like a bad way or a good way or if that even is the right word. But um, it's definitely something that every time I'm asked that, I think, oh, how many kids do I have? Because... We had Kylie and then we had a baby that we lost at 34 weeks. So at the end of pregnancy and then Zoe Finley and then had a miscarriage just over a year ago mm-hmm. um, at about 10 weeks. We call him Teddy. We don't know <laughs> what his what his name was or if it was a boy or a girl, but yeah. but that's what we call him. So um, as a parent and talking about parenthood, I feel like uh, that's one of those questions that after you lose a child or after you have a miscarriage, depending on you know what the situation is. You don't really know how to answer it. Yeah. Because it feels weird because you've processed it and you've done Journey to Wholeness and you've worked on yourself to be able to say, I have five kids, but you might not feel that the other person is prepared for you to say, Well, I have, I have three kids, but I lost two of them. You know what I mean? Sure. It's just, it doesn't come across.
0: Yeah, that way. I could see where that might be something where this is probably like a sub uh, Reddit <laughs> uh, on the topic, but I feel like there's there's a lot there because yeah. A, you could be, does this come across as me feeling sorry for myself mm-hmm. and I want I, I want you to feel sorry for me because I lost you know two children right. or does it come across like I don't want to deal with the questions that are going to come after that? I feel like it's loaded. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, I it, mean,
3: if you're talking to the grocery store clerk, you I have three kids. Yeah. But if I'm talking to someone that I work with who I'm going to be doing life with invested in yeah uh, then i'm gonna say that i have
1: yeah and that's one of the things we address in journey to wholeness is how do i share my story and where do i share my story and can i share my story confidently Mm -hmm. Uh, because our stories affect our parenting uh, whether we're aware of it or not and honestly the parenting books didn't give you any instructions there wasn't a chapter 17 what if i lose my child right right and so what do we do with that often we grieve in in solitude and in Mm -hmm. silence or or with our spouse but we don't actually take it always to the next step and let's process this because i know if i don't it's still going to influence how i parent and i want to be mindful of how it's how it's helping me parent and not uh maybe sabotaging my parenting because i'm dealing with fear or a doubt or a trauma that hasn't been processed. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I I love your vulnerability in saying that because I feel like there's, there's probably a ton of people, you know, that have suffered that same kind of loss Mm -hmm. and that have this like gap you know like they're not sure how to fill it and in what situations to fill it and what situations to to leave it empty you know like there's all this you know extra stuff to that and so like I love the fact that you're vulnerable enough to say that and so but I feel like that's that will give people something to hold on to even like you know listeners to feel like oh well I'm not in this by myself Mm -hmm. you know like I'm the only one that feels that way and so that's that's a big deal
1: and to know that there's seasons and triggers as you mentioned earlier that there's something that'll come up to remind you of that and where are you at in your grieving process Mm -hmm. where are you at in your processing process i think often we're hard on ourselves and we think well i should have gotten over this i should have already gotten through this and figured this out and then something else happens right that doesn't you didn't think it would remind you of or put you in that place and that does and then you have that opportunity i think too often we're hard on ourselves and say oh no i i fell to it again or i uh I dropped down or I gave into it. I should be further along. But really what it is is a blessing and opportunity so that you can further process it and see and receive the blessing that it has for you. And it doesn't always look like that when we go through it. But as we go through our story and as we learn from it and learn about ourselves, we have more to give from it. And that's the beauty of it.
0: And just one more thing in this, I don't want to make this like the Nancy Goosey show <laughs> and like the lost baby show, but <laughs> like, I, but I, I feel like it's just like anything else in journey, right. Where we like, if we don't deal with it or don't deal with it wholly, mm-hmm. you know, it's just going to come back at us, mm-hmm. right. We can't just, it's not just something we can just like, you know, put in a, up in the attic, right? right? Like we're just going to put this away and not have to worry about it. And so if we don't deal with it in the moment or, you know, in the moments after it's just going to come back later and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, who even knows what that's going to look like or how it's going to be to deal with. And there's no shame in dealing with it. Like Mm -hmm. some people, like, I don't know, they want to dismiss it. Like, Oh, that was a broken leg. I'm over it now. Like, it's not a broken leg. Right? You know, it was a person, you were a parent in that moment. Yeah. And whether that moment lasted 10 weeks or 32 weeks or, you know, 35,000 weeks, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter. You're still a parent to that child right. and there's still stuff there to deal with. Right. And so don't think that it's just like, oh, that was a small health hiccup. No pun intended. Uh, but like, I feel like we can't just deal with it that way. We have to deal with it. Like, I'm, I'm a parent to that child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I have a similar situation because I've, I've got two sets of kids. I've, I've been married twice. And so um, I've got a lovely wife, Kate. I was trying to think how long we've been married and I feel horrible. I think it's, I think it's 18 years. Okay. Um. So yeah, I think it's eighteen years. Two thousand three, right? That'd be eighteen. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah. It, I think it's 2003 One of my wedding rings okay, has fine. the wedding date on it, and I don't have that wedding ring on today.
3: Okay. One of your wedding rings.
0: I, think I have a bunch of those Qualo like rubber wedding oh, rings. yes. So depending on what I'm wearing or well, what I can CrossFit. grab Right. Is that why people wear them? Because I'm not a CrossFitter. <laughs> think,
1: yeah. yeah. That, oh that, my that's, gosh. I the think,
0: yeah, yeah. People okay. probably look at me like, "Oh yeah, okay. yeah, sure oh, you're yeah. working out, you big poser." <laughs>
1: He's a heavy lifter. Yeah, yeah, power lifter.
0: Oh my gosh, I feel like such a dork now. Anyway, (laughs) lovely wife, Kate. Two kids uh, with Kate, uh, my daughter, uh, Rayleigh, who's 15, and my son, Abe, who's 12. But then I was married before, um, and I have uh, kids from that uh, marriage as well. My daughter, Allie, who's 34, my son, Jared, who's 31. But uh, even before we were married, my first wife and I, uh, we were dating in high school, and she uh, got pregnant, um, but then decided to... um, not be pregnant, and so like I still consider myself a parent of that child mm-hmm. somewhere along the line. she told me that she thought that it was a boy or knew that it was a boy or something so i've you know i've had a I've had an ornament on my Christmas tree that I put up, you know, and mm-hmm. so I, I don't talk about it sometimes people ask about it, and then I feel you know like I don't know how to answer this like who's Trevor right like I just in my head, I just named that kid Trevor And what's really interesting about that is that in the last year or so, I became friends with this dude who's uh who's 37, mm, right. Yeah. Or 34 or whatever he is. 34. That would be 34. Right. Named Trevor. Mm. Right. And like, and I've kind of become wow. friends with him. And it's that's super weird to me. Right. Like yeah. it's like, it triggered, I, it triggered me. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so sure. again, like, uh, even though I've, I've, I was able to teach, you know, Allie and Jared and Rayleigh and Abe how to walk. And so that makes me a dad to them. I was still a dad to Trevor. You know,
1: and so I think the fact that you said both of you, actually, I don't know how to answer that means that there's still some work to do on it. Mm. Right. So if you didn't know how to answer it, then there's some doubt in you there's some uncomfortableness there's some question that still remains and now you're getting the opportunity you could have never foreseen that you would interact with a trevor who's about the same age at this point in your life and yet because you have done the work now it's presenting itself to you again saying hey are you strong enough mature enough confident enough now for us to work through this i think you are so i'm going to allow this to resurrect this for you so that we can deal with it because God wants to redeem it. like It wants to be resolved in your brain. And so it's coming up right, and asking you and inviting you into it. We still have the choice. You can stomp it down like Elmer Fudd in the hole when (laughs) Bugs Bunny tries to come up. Uh, Or you can say, okay, what is it that you have to show me? And trust that God is in that because he's always inviting us to grow and mature and heal. And and he wants you both to heal from that and, and to redeem that, but not only redeem that, to bless others with, it because there's so many people who have gone through the same thing and have ornaments on their tree or a child that they don't talk about, and yet so many of us have that same experience and he wants to not only redeem it for you so that you're not uncomfortable in talking about it that you confidently go yeah my son Trevor this is who he was we lost him and this is the story but this is how I remember him Yeah. and have that feel good flood of uh, hormones versus the I feel weird and icky and I have to tell you my story because I'm still ashamed about what happened And right. so you don't need to do that God's saying let's clear the decks I want this to be a beautiful memory for you and this is how I create you to actually prompt that so you remember in these moments because I'm inviting you into that space
0: yeah yeah, that's good Becky, tell us about you. Tell us how long you've been with Reuben.
1: Oh, I so he was on another podcast, and he said this out loud, and so I'll just own it. He said, we've known each other for almost 40 years now, and I'm wow. like, why did you say that? Like, why did you put it in the air? But it's something to really be proud about. Uh, we've been married 26 years. I've known him my almost my whole life. We have three children. Our oldest is Risa. She is a freshman in college, freshman going off to college in a pandemic year, it's been an adventurous year for us and we have our uh, second daughter our baby girl uh, who just turned 17 Rachel and then we have our youngest our son David who just turned 13 this year so we have a home full of teenagers and new things to learn and do and evolve and grow through with them and it's an adventure Um, and you kind of have to look at it that way because if you look at it like oh no what's going to happen in this season I'm not ready for it because you never feel ready for it right but if you uh, approach it that way, you're you're not going to enjoy it as much as if you realize that change happens, change is coming, growth is coming, and those are good things. And how can I be prepared and present and in it and and have worked through myself so it doesn't taint or cloud or, or consume what I'm experiencing with my children today? Um, I don't want things from my past. Uh, and this is really why I started my journey to wholeness, in that I didn't want things from my past tainting them, uh, my perspective that I hadn't processed through my fears, my doubts, my worries to be passed on to them. And so really, I didn't go through my journey to wholeness for myself or even my husband, although, I, you know, in hindsight, you could wish you did. Really, I went through it for my children in that I knew there were things in me that weren't quite right, and I didn't have to deal with them until I could stuff them just like Elmer Fudd. Elmer Fudd was my hero. like I could stuff them down and not deal with them, and it just affected me. At least I thought so, but as soon as I, I was uh, pregnant with a child, now it was affecting them. It was affecting them in on a cellular level. It was affecting them emotionally. It was affecting them in my fears and how I parented. It was affecting them in my frustrations and when I would have outbursts. Uh, and I just couldn't do that anymore. I didn't want to do that anymore. And I knew I needed to get some people around me to help me with that because I wasn't sure exactly how to walk that path.
0: Yeah, I love that you went there, Becky, um, because I feel like one of the things I'd like to explore what. Um, is the idea of, of why, why, cause everyone here has taken journey to wholeness. Mm-hmm. And so why we took journey to wholeness and then subsequently how that's affected our parenthood. Yeah. And so uh, I love that you pointed out that your initial, um, motivation to take journey was for your kids. Cause we talk on this podcast a lot about the cyclical nature of our parenthood and like how we like replicate what we watched our parents do mm-hmm. or what our experience was with our parents. And sometimes that's a really positive thing. And right. then something below, sometimes that's a negative thing and sure. we have to figure out. And so journey is a matter of getting back to, what the negative part of that example was so that we can fix it for ourselves, but then fix it for the generation that comes mm-hmm. next. You and, know?
1: and so that you can focus on the positive things. Cause every story has positive things. Even if you went through a difficult Childhood, there are things that were built up in resiliency in you that are blessings that you can pass on to your children. Uh, But sometimes we don't do that because we're ashamed or afraid to enter into the story of the harm that happened in our life. So we box that up, the good with the bad, and put it away. And we don't see that as a strength or something to pass on. And so I wanted to make sure I had gone through the treasure in the trash and that my kids didn't have to deal with the stuff in the basement that I left and hoarded, right? physically and mentally and emotionally uh, that they would have to deal with after I'm gone, right, and do that same process. And so uh, at some point, each of us has that option. We can make the choice that this generational pattern changes with me. And not just what I learned, because when we don't put anything else in the box – on how we're going to parent, we're going to replicate what our parents did, even if we didn't like what our parents did. And then you're going to, you know, feel ashamed and guilty and and, uh, unkind to yourself because, oh my goodness, I'm doing the same things my parents did. Or maybe you're not aware of them at all. Uh, But then there's your own experiences that I had these experiences in my relationships. And now I'm adding that to the pile as well. And can you go through the pile, right? Uh, in, in pregnancy, right, we get everything ready. We set the room, we wash the clothes, we do all the preparation, uh, we have the parties, and, and not many of us actually sit there and go, let me go through my story so that I can make sure that everything that I give going forward is from a healed place, from a hold place, the things that I want to give to my children and not be surprised when something uh, catches my attention or when I react a certain way. I never want to react with my children. I want to respond uh, thoughtfully and lovingly with them. And when I don't, I need to know that we can correct that. Because for sure in my journey, uh, there were times, many times, where I was in the process and I didn't respond how I wanted to. I was reacting, but I learned how to repair that for them right when it occurred to actually swallow my pride and in humility, go in love and show them how we correct these things and how the world should work. I didn't le- need to leave a fracture in their life. I could actually go and repair that and show them and give them resiliency in the process.
0: Yeah, I love the picture you painted there because you were talking about washing clothes and, and you know setting up nurseries and stuff. So that's nesting, right? Yes. That's what we call that. And so I feel like while we certainly do nesting of rooms and homes that I love the fact that you pointed out that we need to nest our hearts, Mm -hmm. nest our spirits, Mm -hmm. like, like get all the crap out of there, right? Get some new fresh stuff and lay that down, right? Some clean stuff and lay that down because if we just rely on ourselves to just react again and add Mm -hmm. that to the long list of things that we just react to. Like we're going to be incomplete parents.
1: Yeah. And we do all that preparation. You make the food because you know, it's going to be a busy, busy season. And so you may not in your tiredness and your fatigue and being up at three and five and seven o'clock to feed the child, uh, that you may not have the space to do that while you're in the busyness of parenting. And so uh, if you, are expecting then do this work now if you have them at home take a mommy break and start taking time to do this for them because what you're doing is doing it for them but you get the benefits as well
0: yeah it's not too late if they're six or seven or 12 or Or 25 yeah it's not too late right You know, so you can still go back and make a fresh nest, mm-hmm. and even and some is a little bit harder when you're doing it when they're 18, right? Because they know you as an adult, and so right. when you come back at them and say, "I'm sorry for this," or "This mm-hmm. is where I was coming from when I said this," like mm-hmm. it's a whole nother bailiwick work yeah. than it is when they're five, right? And they just want to give when you
1: they're a- five, they're like, "Okay, mommy, I love you." Thank you. Yep.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah, so,
0: but it's just as important.
2: But it's so important when they're 25 or when they're 32, and the parent comes back and says, "You know what? I've been working on myself, and I realized that." I made some mistakes Mm -hmm. while you were growing up and while we were, you know, going through this or that and takes ownership of that and apologizes for it. That impact on a 32-year-old, I know personally, um, from a a parent coming to me and apologizing, that impact is repairing rupture that happened in me from my childhood. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I can move on from that. Mm -hmm. And that... um, changes the trajectory of my journey and my parenting now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes away some of the questions yeah. that you had, mm-hmm. right? When And then also the concerns you have right. in that you still love that parent and you want to see that parent grow. And if we're uh, raising our children but also concerned for our parents, mm-hmm. then that puts a stress and a pressure on you. Uh, but then there's also the question that you had, like, why, why did these things happen? not even having the answer to the why because we can kind of formulate and once you go through journey you'll see some things and it'll shed some light but to get that resolution to get that like closure uh, is so important it's the best blessing you could give for your children so I love that you said that you reference that rupture so there's three things that our kids are looking for from us Uh, it's comfort security and how we repair ruptures that happen. And if we can do those three things for our children, we're setting them off pretty good. Uh, can I comfort them? Do I acknowledge their feelings and their emotions and their worries? Uh, can I provide security in that I create boundaries for them and give them love and uh, able to express a love to them? And then can I show them what a repair of a rupture looks like so that they don't have the question on, you know, does my mom love me? Does she care? Was she disappointed in me? Show them the ruptures because it may be our mistakes that we made that we need to show them that, hey, I made a mistake and mistakes are okay. It doesn't make you bad, but this is how we repair them. And this is how we fortify our relationship. And that is the best groundwork that you can give for your kids.
0: Yeah, I love that. I You know, just going back, I was thinking about while you were talking, because it, our parents... It turns out had no idea what they were doing. Our parents were just making it up (laughs) because now as a parent twice, right? Two different times, both at 20 and at 40, Mm -hmm. I I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm just totally making it up. But growing up, I just thought.
3: I told Brian this morning, I said, so we're doing a podcast on parenting so, but I don't really feel like I know what I'm talking about. He goes, isn't that the point yeah. <laughs> like he, yeah. as a parent, you really don't feel super prepared,
0: but some we let our kids believe but, that yeah. we know what we're doing and right. what we were saying is right. And this right. is gospel. and This yeah. is the way it's gotta be. Yeah. It reminded me when you were talking stuff about your, your parent, um, that talked to you about stuff that uh, the other day, Abe's, like I said, just turned 12 yesterday, in fact, and I, I took him into the laundry room and I said, here's your laundry basket. Let's begin. Right, so it's like, here's, you know, you take whites and you put them in the sink for our house. You put the whites in the sink. Then in this pile are lights and brights, right? Say lights and brights, lights and colors. Nope, lights and brights, buddy. Lights and brights. They rhyme. Whites, lights, and brights, right? So lights and brights go in this pile, and darks go in this pile. I said if you're not sure of a if a color is light or bright, put it in the dark, right? Anyway, so we did this whole thing, and then then I showed him. I said so. I explained to him how darks have so much color in them that if you wash them mm-hmm. in hot water, they would, all the color would just come out and would go mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you have to wash dark clothes and cold. So if that's true, what would be true of whites? you wash them in hot, right? Yes, what hot, right? And so we go through this whole thing, right? And I make them repeat mm-hmm. everything and I have them put everything in and take everything out and then put everything in and take everything mm. out, right? And so then my whites though, I put like OxyClean in the bottom and then the mm. whites and then bleach, right? Because I, I want my whites to be white. Mm. As soon as you wash your white with any other color, even the lights and brights, they're not white mm-hmm. anymore and I hate that look. I hate okay. that gray dingy because I know there's other kids that I grew up with, not, or like there, there were men like in my 20s that would like just wash everything together. So their t-shirts were like, I don't even, grayish? I don't know what color that is. It's just like a disgusting color. I'm like, oh my gosh, so I don't want my kid.
3: I feel like it's really important for our listeners to understand that Scott is sitting here with a lime green jacket and a bright orange shirt. Yes. Yeah. To give you an image. Well, nice, like bright colors. It? Yeah, bright, I feel yeah. like it matters yeah, because okay. you're, you're saying how but important you can see it, how it how is. A very white, white shirt And a very white But it's not,
0: it's not white enough. See, because sometimes there's other people in my house that do laundry <laughs> that just do whites with, with lights and brights. And so now this is, this is, this is great. So you're
1: showing Abe the correct right. way. My point
0: is right, the correct way, right? And so not all of us have that opportunity. So, and mm-hmm. this isn't, this isn't about the laundry, by the way. Mm-hmm. So what this is about is I mm-hmm. took that chance to show my son, right? And I know, I don't think I did that with my first son. Right. You know, I don't think I, you know, I, not about laundry, but about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like when we keep taking our parents' word for it, we watch how our parents do it and we're like, well, that's the way you do it. I think about this because I was at, the walmart the other day and there was a dad smoking and he had like a i don't know like an eight-year-old girl and she was had a haircut appointment inside the walmart like at the i don't know what's in there is that a regis i don't know whatever it is mm-hmm. right and he's like you know smoking is like just go in there Just get in there you're just going right inside you just you gotta go again. like i'm like oh my gosh dude could you just set your cigarette down for a second and be a dad to your kid right and that and that sounds really judgmental and i feel bad about it and i'm dro- walking through the store right thinking about this dad and thinking about like how for me, I would have thought, and I think I've talked about this on the show, that I feel like if you would have told my dad he had to choose between his golf clubs and me, that he would mm-hmm. choose the golf clubs, right? Mm-hmm. Because just I know this is a kid's way of trying to rationalize things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can imagine where this girl's like, well, maybe you could not smoke the rest of that cigarette and ha- walk mm-hmm. me inside of this strange storm in the middle mm-hmm. of COVID and mm-hmm. some masks and like all this scary stuff. And mm-hmm. so in her head, maybe the cigarette's more important to her.
1: Well, and you, you've walked through your story. And so that's why that's bothering you because you're personalizing it. You remember times that you may have done the same thing and now you get a chance to correct that, but you weren't aware of it until you started going through your story and went right. through your journey. That's it. And so we can't be unkind to ourselves looking at our stories in hindsight, but what we can do is learn the lessons that it has to give us and take it forward. And then because you see that you basically you're feeling upset because you want to save that guy and save that girl from the same thing that you went right. through mm-hmm. in I, your I to- story. I
0: totally, I came, within three feet because he was still standing outside. When I walked out of the store, mm-hmm. I came within three feet. Like I was walking towards him to give him 20 bucks and say, listen, this is twenty bucks for like, I don't know, four packs of cigarettes, whatever, mm-hmm. have them on you so you can throw the cigarette away that you're smoking so you can be with your kid. Mm-hmm. But then I thought that probably would have come across really well, bad. But I, I might have gotten into a fight. That's
1: where journey to wholeness <laughs> helps us. And that what's the practical steps that we may not have learned in going through and understanding our own stories so that, like if nothing else, do that for your kids so that you can learn that process, understand them better, so that you can give them those tools. Like if you're like, ah, I don't need journey, well do it for your kids, right? Yeah. It took having to do it or wanting to Wanting to do it for my kids, for me to do that process. Up until then, I was fine with hiding it away, answering no when they asked me if I had depression or if I had bouts of anger. I'd be like, nope, never, Mm-mm, nuh-uh. right? And then I go home and I see my two and three year old's face when mommy has an outburst and my heart breaks. And I want to save others from that right. regret. Yeah. Mm.
0: Steph, mm-hmm. tell me more that of your motivation behind you taking journey to wholeness the first time?
2: Yeah. Um, so I feel super fortunate that I've been able to go through a journey to wholeness more than once. Um, and I feel like every time that I've taken it, my reasoning has evolved and changed. Um, the first time I totally, honestly, I didn't really feel like I needed it that much. I was fine. I was, everything was a <laughs> okay until about week five or six. And then, uh, we really started to do some work and uncover, um, some of the things that I had buried, um, now after going through it twice for myself, facilitating once, and then having a couple of intensive weekends, um, I can tell you that right now, um, the purpose behind me going through it is to figure out, um, what it is that I believe about myself, um, my body, um, and what I want to present to my children, um. Or the the way that I want to present my whole self to my children, and not just um, give them a falsified kind of half mom, if that makes sense. Yeah, it
0: makes perfect sense. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, a, coming out of that first journey, mm-hmm. like what was the what, like what was your sense of? Um, satisfaction with that? Or what was your sense of like, Oh yeah. Like what was your realization? That's probably the word I'm looking for coming out of that, coming out of that first journey. Like what made you do another journey? What made you do, you know, journeys after that or become a facilitator? Like what was it that came out of that first one that made me like, yep, this is the thing.
2: Yeah. I think, um, for me, the, the first time I went through, I dealt with a lot of things in my childhood, um, and dealt with a lot of how, uh, those situations with my parents Um, And with relationships in my childhood affected me. Um, And then I got to the second time I went through, I got to deal with kind of the middle, you know, adolescent age, the 19 to 25 ish um, and deal with what kind of was going on through that. And now um, I'm getting to deal with what's going on with me presently um, and kind of retracing that through where it started in my childhood and then in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. I dig that.
1: I think it's important to say, uh, because we're talking about parents, mm. in that her 19 to 25 range, she she lost a parent.
2: She did. Yeah. I lost my dad.
1: Yeah. And that has affected your parenting. Definitely. And your view of yourself mm-hmm. uh, and what that means in your parenthood, which I think now is what you're working through. For sure. That we didn't necessarily realize. Yeah. Right? And so it's like, uh, we always say it's like an onion, that there's so many layers. And it's like, okay, I think I got that covered. Mm-hmm. And I know I've used the cake batter bowl a lot, you know, that when you make a cake, you pour out the batter and about 80% of that. And we can do one round of Journey to Wholeness and feel like, all right, 80%, that feels way better than it did before. Mm-hmm. But then we find, well, there's more to uncover. And whether you do a journey to wholeness again, or you do another program or you go through counseling, or you just go through life, you are going. To have continued opportunities to understand how that plays out in your story, yeah, and uh, how important it is to have people around you to help. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I want
0: to get to Nancy here in a second, but just thinking about something you just said. So, uh, professionally, besides being a pastor, I'm also a photographer. Mm-hmm. And so there's things though that I shoot all the time and there's things that I've never shot before. And so uh, next week I'm going to Arizona to take pictures of yes. big rocks and stuff. And so I've never ever done Be that. Cool. And so I had the choice that I could I can either just wing it, mm-hmm. right? I could just, just go out there and hope that I know where to go or hope that I'm gonna see something amazing and take pictures of mm-hmm. it. I could do Google research, right? And say, where are the best places to take pictures of red rocks in Sedona, right? I could... Um, I could go with a group, right? Mm -hmm. Like a big group tour. Mm -hmm. And like, then they would take me to the spot, right? Of like, this is one place people really like. I'm like, I don't really like this place, but I'll come with you to this place and then we'll go to the next place. Maybe that'll be a place I like. Or I could hire a guy, right? Mm. To take me there, yeah. right? Take me to this. I want these pictures. Take me to that spot. Yeah, And so I feel like the same thing is true as it applies to journey and how it applies to like kind to grips with ourselves. Like some of us are just at a place where we're just trying to figure it out on our own. And if I feel like the 88, nope, 98% of people, can't do that. So I feel like, like there's 2% of people that could probably figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. I feel like then there's a next big chunk of people that could probably maybe read a book or mm-hmm. find it on Google mm-hmm. and, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I feel like there's like the most people need to do that like on a, on a, on a prescribed Prescribes not the right word, um, like on a like a, a set way, mm-hmm. like on a on a way on a course, right. right? And so I feel like that's where journey steps in, mm-hmm. where like there's these you know it's twelve weeks of intensive, like mm-hmm. well of course that's a wrong word too, but it's intense, right? Examination, it's, it's kind of self guided but kind sort of like right. with a guy. I'll
1: walk with you a little bit of the way and show you what I know, and right. then trust that you can walk that out on your right. own. So it's not that you'll need me to walk. Through through this with you always know I'm gonna just show you the things that I know so that you can grow and you can see that flourish in yourself
0: because I don't know if you can hear it in the voices of the people talking about journey but these are things of self-discovery these aren't things where people like opened up a hole in your head and pulled them out right or something like that because I feel like the last step is like I'm still not finding healing I'm still not finding wholeness I need something more and that's for sure true of of certain people right Mm -hmm. and and there's nothing wrong with that but that's where you'd need like I'm gonna hire a guy right Right. to take me to the place Mm -hmm, right. right and show me exactly what to do but Mm -hmm. if you're like the majority of people Journey can really help you arrive at these places even dealing with things like losing a parent or losing a child Mm -hmm. you know and so
1: because if you think about it we enter into Stephanie started with her story in her childhood and the experiences that she had and if you're a parent the thing immediately that happens and a lot of Journey groups end this way oh my gosh so my kid is this age at this point Mm -hmm. and do you think they think the same thing and so you start realizing that the things that your parents did oh my goodness I'm doing the same thing but I'm doing it this, And I thought it was different, but it's going to have the same impact based on what I just learned. And so we mm-hmm. could actually have like a follow up session each time on how this is affecting my parenting and what do I do right now? Because now there's urgency. I mm-hmm. don't want my kid to have to come through journey later, yeah. you know, and just so you know. Everyone should journey at some point, but I don't want them to have to have these big, long scripts of lists that they have to work through because I wasn't aware. And now that I am aware, how do I do something about that? I know Nancy, you had that experience. I mean, that experience was just recently even
3: uh, for me. I think when I started, when I did my first journey to wholeness, my goal to start journey to wholeness was to save my marriage. Like that's a, that's a, Lofty goal, like okay, this is going to be our last last ditch effort. Yeah. Journey to wholeness is going to fix it. There
1: was urgency.
3: There was a lot of urgency, and through that process, it was twelve weeks in person in a group. Through that process, I realized, and I, maybe Becky, even it was after that, I was like, oh, I can't fix him. Mm-hmm. I have to fix me. Like I, I'm the, I'm the one that's broken. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I knew that to, like. I knew that in my brain that we're all broken to some extent. But I think in that case, I was so focused on fixing the situation and fixing what was right in front of me that I wasn't looking at what I needed to do for myself to be a better person. So then it all comes back to personal responsibility and looking at where you're at and what you need to work on for yourself to be better for everybody around you. Um, so that was the first journey to wholeness. The second journey to wholeness was uh, on staff. Um, and so that one that one was just uncovering even more, I think, about my past that I hadn't even thought about. I think the first journey was good because I kind of got like the skeleton down, I guess, of like what my timeline is and kind of the idea of what journey to wholeness is.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But then the second one was really when i when I dove into like what happened. When I was five, and what happened when I was eleven, and and probably more similar to your first session where I was uh, looking at my growing up years, Um, and then I did a journey to wholeness intensive, kind of accidentally. Mm -hmm. I feel like (laughs) (laughs) I needed to work for it, and then I got journeyed because that's what happens when you're in (laughs) Becky's presence. (laughs) Um, But it was it was very good. Like, and I don't know how to explain it because I feel like it all ties together. Like even. Stuff what you were saying about like where you're at now, it all ties and you too with the onion, like it all is connected mm-hmm. to everything. So like you can't isolate, I can't isolate what happened when I was five and think that that doesn't have anything to do with the way that I mm-hmm. treat my kids or
2: the way that I'm a parent now. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things that um, Becky says is that um, God doesn't reveal those memories to you until you're ready for it. And I feel mm. like... For me, and and for you, the um, more times that we have gone through Journey to Wholeness, we've been in a different place, and Mm -hmm. God can reveal those things to us, and we're in a safe place that we can um, deal with them accordingly Mm -hmm. and um, make sense of them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I feel like—I just want to point out, because I was listening to you talk, and I love your story, but I— I feel like some people might be listening or even just regard journey as another, th- another way of cycle babble where we're going to blame all of our problems on our parents mm-hmm. or because mm-hmm. of my dad or because of my mom or because of, I don't know, whatever. And I don't feel like that's a, that's a dismissive way to look at it because it's not about me trying to find the ways that my dad was a failure yeah. is a way, it's a way of me trying to deal with my feelings. Yeah, Like it's, it's uh, it goes back to like I wish I knew then what I know now. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's journey to wholeness because now as an adult, I know context more than I did when I was five. Mm -hmm. And so I can look at what my dad said and say, well, that's not what he meant by that. Or that's not what his intentions were. Mm -hmm. That's not. And so it's like knowing then what you know now, that's the purpose of journey. Not to find blame in my dad, not to like hate my dad because of something he said or something he did, but instead try to look at it with a grown-up context. And I feel like that's what we benefit from in a course like journey. So
1: it's two things. It's not to... Find who's responsible, it's to find what influence that had on you. What did that mm-hmm. make you decide about life? So, I know often when we enter into the fragile parts of our stories, which is our family, and we get very defensive and protective about our families, we're not looking to find who's to blame or who's to shame about it or who's responsible. What we're looking at is okay, here's what happened. We're taking an inventory, and then now how has that affected you today? How is that affecting your today's? And it's not, I wish I knew what happened back then or knew what I knew then what I know now it's actually taking the knowledge you have today to that person you were then so when you were five you did not understand those things but today I understand those things so I can tell there's a saying that says um I'm all the ages I've ever been right do you ever have that moment where you go back home and you like feel like you're five or eleven again like whenever i go home i'm 10 years old again in front of my dad right mm-hmm. and so we're all the ages we've been and we get triggered into those moments because if we're getting triggered if we're feeling that way it's because something needs to be addressed and resolved there and you have that opportunity the ability to take who you are today and go back to that person right because you're going to be triggered and you're going to be in that place in that mm-hmm. mind space and so uh i know you experienced that yeah, this weekend Talk i about did that. i'll
3: share a little bit about it just because i i've For me, it was so eye-opening that I feel like it might help others understand the connection between the now and the five-year-old Nancy. So um, as far as like trauma related, not to get into the whole story, but there was a flood at my house when I was five and I had to sit, my my parents told me to sit on the step with our dog and just sit there. Like you're going to get in the way if you get up from the step. Yeah. But you're also and, safe
1: if you stay on the and step. And I'm safe
3: if I, see? Like that's the narrative that I have yeah. is I just need to sit on the step and not interfere with anything. Um, to now, at this third journey to wholeness, intensive, understanding that that actually affects my need to fix things or my desire to, um, to always feel like I need to be doing more and then also looking for some authority to tell me that I can do something, like yeah. right, it right? like your that's my that's my verbiage all the time. Is right, I say something right, or is that okay? It or affected what do you think?
1: your agency in that you were still waiting for permission to take action when you felt the action needed to be taken. Yeah,
0: I feel like crazy. I was just yeah. thinking because I, I want to move into like how we feel like having gone through journey improves our parenthood. Yeah. And so. Mm-hmm like i'm thinking about you and i think about like that experience on the stairs and i think like what would you now go back and tell five-year-old nancy and Mm, think about you know what i mean because because what i want to do is i want to like see what's happening with my kids whether it's because of something that i've said or done or something that they're experiencing and now i want to go like i want to be future them and come Mm -hmm. back to them right now not as you Mm -hmm. said let them live a whole life worth of scripts Mm -hmm. right instead jump in right now and say hey you might be feeling this right right? it's not about that though like Mm -hmm. it's giving context to our Mm -hmm. kids rather than saying as you alluded to yes or no right we leave it at that mm-hmm. right and so like as a parent if we can give this some context we could probably head off they're going to go through journey or they're going to yeah. need to go through journey yeah. or they're going to make some yeah, decisions or we're going to mess up right as much as we try we're still going to screw up but as much as we as much as we can we should we should not screw up or we should try to provide them context to their experience and so if i see something like if i realize that my son is a copy and paste of me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then i need to like i need to run interference on his behalf right you know yeah.
1: And also think of when you are struggling with a child that's misbehaving, right? And so you said, oh, I can't fix my husband. I need to fix me. Mm-hmm. And we have to consider, okay, what is happening in my child's world right now? What is their perspective? And is there something that I have done, right? Is there something that I need to fix in me that has affected or given them a script or they've made an assumption on some interaction? I always use the example um, when you when they come to you and they're like, mom, can you look at this? And you're like, not right now, I'm busy, and what did that communicate to them? You didn't communicate. You didn't want to communicate to them that they're not important. That you don't want to see that. That you appreciate them. But they may have heard it that way. And so it's important for me to repair that for them, right? If I see them walk away dejected, or if I see them a little sad, hey, how are you feeling right now? Hey, I want to just tell you, babe, I was really like overwhelmed there, and I shouldn't have responded like that. And so I just want you to know that I love you, and I want to look at that, and I'm so sorry that I I, I responded quickly or abruptly. Um, Mommy didn't mean to do that. I I was tired and that doesn't excuse it. So I'm so sorry and I love you so much.
0: Kids are going to, I feel like I'm saying too many words. I feel so bad. But like kids are going to fill in the blanks. Yes. If you don't fill them for them. Right. You filled in the blanks. Nancy filled in the blanks. They just wanted her to be safe. Mm -hmm. Right. She filled in the blanks because they didn't tell her that. You'll be safe right here, honey. Right. Mm-hmm. Take care of the mm-hmm. dog. Make yeah. sure the dog doesn't get into trouble, which mm-hmm. is what they, not, that I'm just saying your parents are wrong. Nope, but I get it, it. Right. I get it. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. she's left to fill in the blanks. Oh, I must be in the way. I must be useless. Yeah. I can't do anything to it help. It had this.
1: nothing to do with her I'll parents. Just sit here. But it's what effect it had on her right. mm-hmm. and, and how she's still living in that framework today.
0: So if kids are going to fill in the blanks, right, you, like what you just said, you, gotta, you have to help fill in the blanks with the truth mm-hmm. and not let them fill in the blanks. Because what do they know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're six. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to fill it in with the things that I love mom or I don't love mom. Right? Mom loves me or mom hates they me. If she's not showing me love, she must hate me. For sure. Right? I mean, they've got three colors. That's like those little crayons that you would get, like the really thick crayons in kindergarten. There's oh, eight of the them. Best. They were the best. They're eight colors, though. <laughs> but but I then,
1: like the 64, too. Right. This is what yeah, I'm saying. Way
0: better. Because <laughs> by the time you're old enough to deal with it, you've got 64 got colors 64 or 128 now. colors, so right? Good. Like You've got all those colors. But as when you're five, you've got eight. And so, like... You can't live let a kid decide his life course or what his value is right. with eight colors.
3: And
1: when we don't go through our stories we stay with the eight when there's 64 oh, available to yes. us. Mm-hmm.
0: And a sharpener. And a sharpener mm-hmm. in, the the
3: in
1: the back that of the so box. In the back of the
2: box. So good. <laughs> I'm just going through all of the color names. And I can't, I can't
3: pink. pink.
0: But I wonder, I wonder Steph, like, so you gave us the reason or like what you went into your first journey with and what you came out of your first journey with, I'm wondering how you applying your journey experience, all of them mm. to like how you're reacting to Benny and Joey and Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name?
1: So we, totally,
3: we totally so. never call them Benny so. and Joey, by the way, yeah. no. Benjamin and Joseph.
2: <laughs> Jojo. Um, So I really, I feel like Becky just kind of nailed it on the head. Um, It's all of those little interactions throughout the day that seem so minute minute and feel like they're not going to be affected by um, that I'm recognizing are really the things that stack up and build a case in their mind um, for how I feel about them or for how the world feels about them. Mm -hmm. How Um, they should feel about themselves. Exactly. Yeah. good. Yeah, Yeah. so um, it's really taking the time out, and uh, my husband is gone a lot. He's in the military, so a lot of the time it's just me and the boys. Um, So I am hectic and busy, and um, I don't have a lot of time to just sit and spend with them. So it's really being intentional, and when I do have that time to sit with them to make sure that they know that um, if there was a a time during the day that I reacted a way that I shouldn't have or... um, was too abrasive and didn't mean to, that I call that out to them um, and apologize to them and let them know that it had nothing to do with them.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and it was my frustration in the situation.
1: Yeah. And the best work is side by side. And you'll see that more with teenagers than you do when they're little. Um, But in that busyness, you may feel like, yeah, I'm just like Steph. I have so much going on. How am I supposed to take time to do this work and do this for them? I'm going to miss something. And we're not saying you need to be perfect. But really, when they have evidence that you are for them and with them and that you are honest with them and they don't have to question your intentions or, or where you're coming from, that does so much for them so it's as simple as while you're making dinner hey how did your day go today oh i'm so sorry you felt that way that's so exciting i Mm -hmm. love that that happened for you it's at bedtime when you're tucking them in hey uh earlier you know mom was yelling at you guys hurry up i'm so sorry uh we got off track and Mm -hmm. that happens and that's okay this is how we fix it that's exactly what you're showing them so it's really in the in the things that you're doing already on the drive to school on the drive back from school uh, i love those times it's when my teenagers talk the most mm-hmm. right side by side i'm not looking or staring them down but they have that uh freedom and confidence to talk with me and around with me and to like share and get like deep into the things that are are they're worrying about or that they need from me and know that I am accessible and present to them in the moments that I am. We're not gonna be with them 24 hours a day, but when we are, we can be very intentional about who we are and what we're doing with them. Yeah, I think that. Along with
3: the side by side that you said, um, I think, you know, I said that my first journey was about my marriage, and I think that that's actually affected a lot of our parenting too, Mm -hmm. because we weren't on the same team. So it was a lot of blaming and a lot of, well, you take care of this and I'll take care of that. Whereas now, as we're parenting Kylie, who's 12, I feel like I can pause for a minute there because you can just imagine all of the things that that entails. Um, I lean on Brian more side by side to have conversations with her where it's the three of us instead of just me having a conversation with Kylie or just Brian having a conversation with her it's the three of us sitting down to have a conversation Brian leading the way and then offering time for for Kylie to share and her getting our attention both of our attention mm-hmm. you know so I feel like that makes a big difference too with the mm-hmm. side-by-side thing is you know it's mom and dad and Kylie
1: yeah and also understanding how our brain works and how our emotions works and how uh, we developed that helps us understand our children so if we can pause mm-hmm. and go what is it that they're in the developmental stage of right now. What is their brain looking for right now? What are they trying to establish or determine right now? Now I'm not filling in the gap. I'm not filling in the blanks mm-hmm. of what their intentions are, right? Oh, like he meant to. A lot of times, and this is one of the best lessons I learned from someone ahead of me in parenting. She said, um, always ask, what do you think about that for them? Because I don't want to introduce a new concept or Uh, assume or accuse them of anything, right? Oh, well, you meant to do this. Your intention was you were trying to be bad. No, I'm asking them the question first, because it may have been a mistake. It may have been a misapplication of information that they have. Remember, they have eight crayons. And so they didn't have the colors to actually paint. It's giving them the words that are in between, right? So What stage are they at? And let me assume good. And we've talked about that first. Let me give them the benefit of the doubt. Let me not be jaded by my experiences and those who have let me down and the mistrust and the worries and and the suspicions that I have. And let's assume that they're good and pure because honestly, they are. Mm They are until something happens to change that for them. And I don't want to be part of that changing them that for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember the first time my mom asked me a question like, did you do this? And I was heartbroken that she thought I might have done something like that. And she did it out of fear. She did it out of fear because it was happening uh, with kids around us. Um, I can't even remember what the specific thing was, but I just remember her asking me and it felt like an accusation. And then I just thought, oh my gosh, do you not know me at all? Do you not know that I would never do those things? And again, it was out of fear. She wasn't accusing me, but she was asking out of fear. And I perceived that as an accusation. And that created a rupture that quite honestly never got repaired. Um, After that, I always thought, well, she's just going to assume the worst about me. And I was already, I think, 15 or 16 years old. And so again, it doesn't matter what age our children are at. uh, We can always go back and and repair that for them so that they can continue their journey to wholeness even if they're 32 years old. Yeah,
0: I love that. Becky, uh, if people want to know more information about Journey to Wholeness, where can they find that?
1: You can always go to our website, Journey to Wholeness, uh, J2Wholeness, the letter J, the number two, wholeness.org. We always have groups that are starting locally as well as online and intensives. And there's so many resources. So visit our webpage for all of that.
0: That's fantastic. Hey, listen, Steph and Nancy, it's so great to have you guys. I think you guys are great parents, great moms. I've watched you be parents and moms, and I think uh, it's it's fantastic. And so, and I, actually, I've, I've watched both of your... I don't know why this even matters. It doesn't matter. I'm going to say what it I'm saying. Is. It's my say show. Say it. Like, I've watched both of you guys be wives to your husbands as well. Like, again, like, I get it. It's in public, and it's, you know, for different reasons, but I love watching how you love your husbands and so it's been it's been really cool so I think you guys are good wives and good moms and so I think that's fantastic you are too Becky I don't mean to leave you out. yeah
1: don't leave an open (laughs) blank for me to fill
0: yeah yeah that's fantastic anyway thanks for joining us uh, for this podcast if you enjoyed uh, this podcast please share it with someone that you know that might be a parent or that has parents which is in fact everybody and so uh, we'd love it if you shared please subscribe and rate this podcast on your favorite podcast platform because that gets more and more people to be aware of it and we just want to help as many people as we can to become whole Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time.